Hello, I'm Ken Taylor. Welcome to Philosophy Talk. My partner John Perry is away today. Joining me in John's stead is Nadim Hussein. Nice to be with you, Ken. So, what's our topic this week? Uh, you know, Nadim, Aristotle defined humans as the rational animal, but I think he made a big mistake. He should have said humans the irrational animal. You mean humans make mistakes sometimes? I mean, I get annoyed too. Human all too human, Nietzsche used to say with a sneer. But, you know, we're still basically rational. We're just mentally lazy. Oh. A little less stress, a little less bad TV would be fine. But I'm not talking about occasional laziness, occasional slips. I'm talking about thoroughgoing, deep, perhaps uncorrectable irrationality. But we've made it so far as a species. We aren't that bad. Irrationality can't be all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, dumb luck. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Nadim Hussain, sitting in for John Perry. Coming up after the news, humans, the irrational animal on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Nadima Sain, sitting in for John Perry. Philosophy Talk comes to you from the studios of KALW Information Radio. But as always, we like to imagine ourselves down at the Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus talking with you in a nice circle. So what are we going to talk about in this nice circle, Ken? Oh, we're going to talk about human irrationality, humans the irrational animal. You mean people get emotional sometimes? They get angry, I get annoyed with my neighbor, do something wrong, make a mistake? No? Well, well that's a kind of irrationality, and that's an important kind of irrationality to think about. But that's, that's not really what, I, what, I, what, I, what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about when people are just doing information processing, when they're just reasoning without any emotional interruption. They do it really badly. So is this an example? I had a friend once come to me. She said, you know, dolphins are just really lovely creatures. And I said, why do you think that? She said, well, when their shipwrecks happen and there are people out there about to drown, dolphins are so nice, they just push these people ashore. Now, you, you, think that's, uh, you think there's something wrong with uh, loving dolphins? No, 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 no. I think dolphins are great, and maybe even the conclusion is right. The problem is this. The reasoning towards that conclusion seems to be wrong, because here's what we don't know. We don't know how many people the dolphins pushed the other way, and you yeah. never heard about that. Right, right. Or the, or the dolphins just watched them drown with glee. There's a name for that phenomenon. It's called the blindness to the base rate. You don't, you don't pay attention to sort of how many, you know, doing one thing, doing the other thing, and, and, and so you just can't make any statistical conclusions about it. Is this the kind of thing that just sort of happens every once in a while? A couple no. of mistakes, Ken? I no, mean, you know, happens. that wouldn't be that interesting. It happens everywhere, and everybody do, does it. Uh, lawyers do it. Jur uh, jurors do it. Doctors do it. Everybody does it. It's just, you know, human beings are pretty bad off in this regard. I think I read an experiment once, a real experiments about this. So, Yeah, I, somebody actually won a Nobel Prize for demonstrating this stuff. Who was that, Ken? That's uh, Dan, Danny Kahneman. So, so here's, here's an experiment. This is the kind of thing, again, I'm just trying to get a feel for what we're talking about. Experiments this. You've got, you ask a bunch of people, right, about the profession of the following person. The person is an, is an athletic young man with a fancy sports car and a good-looking wife. And you ask the question, is this person likely to be a major league basketball, basketball player or a male nurse? It's Guess a, what the answer is? Uh, male nurse. No, <laughs> no, because they're working with a stereotype. Their yeah. stereotype is of an effeminate, effeminate person. But, of course, it's a crazy decision procedure because there are way many more male nurses, like 100,000 compared to major right. league basketball that's, players. That's more blindness to the base rate. You pick a person at ran a person, a guy at random, more likely to be a male nurse than a baseball player. Uh, but, you know, okay, so human beings are pretty badly off. 
you know, there's this question. How do we get so far, given that we're pretty badly off in our reasoning? So why are we this way, Ken? What's the answer? Well, I thought you were going to tell me. It's evolution. I mean, evolution designed us to reason in certain circumstances, and these pretty bad forms of reasoning work well in the circumstances for which we evolve, but, you know, they don't always work well in broader circumstances. Amy Standen actually went out and talked to somebody about this phenomenon. She files this report. So it's usually on my way home between where I park my car and the house. John is an operations engineer from San Francisco. From when I park the car, I know I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. I've got probably about maybe five or six blocks to think about what I'm going to do with the money if I win. It's safe to say he won't. The chances of winning the California lottery are about one in 18 million. But a guy can dream. Where do I have to drive? Do I have to drive to Sacramento? I'm sure that the guy at the corner doesn't have the gazillion dollars, right? Is it possible to buy a same-day airline ticket to Hawaii? Can you even just show up, like in the movies, and, and say, yeah, I'll take two tickets, please, thanks. Or can you go to the dealership and say, see that car right there? Here's the suitcase full of cash. I'll take the keys, thanks. The way they set it up, Someone is likely to win every two or three weeks. Keith Devlin is a mathematician at Stanford University and author of The Millennium Problems. When we are presented with an image, a media image of a lottery, in terms not of the millions of people who pay for their tickets and lose, but the small group of people who win, then we see lotteries as about winning. You pay your $1 and you win. No one's silly enough to think that it's as automatic as that, but our instincts lead us down that path every time we're tempted to buy a lottery ticket. Lotteries are overwhelmingly about losing, but that's not what's presented to us. Human stories, however rare or irrational they may be, just resonate much deeper with us than the facts do. Take Joe. Seven years ago, Joe was all set to fly from Kentucky back home to Massachusetts. I had given my ticket and walked down the gangplank you know, I was standing at the door of the airplane, and I just couldn't make myself go in. It was like you might as well have asked me to jump off the top of a 12-story building. I mean, there was just no way it was going to happen. I walked back up to where they'd taken my ticket, and I told them I, I, can't, I, I can't get on the plane. So I, I ended up taking a bus back, which was a 22-hour bus ride overnight. Statistically, of course, it's quite safe to fly in an airplane. But the human brain, says Keith Devlin, isn't hardwired for that kind of information. We evolved to make decisions based upon a small group of people that we interacted with on a daily basis. That doesn't include what happens with statistics. Statistics tells us what happens in society at large. It tells us what happens to the millions of people that we never meet and we never encounter in our daily lives. We're just not genetically programmed to deal with that kind of information. As for Joe, he says he'll probably never get over his fear of flying. I'm not claustrophobic, and I'm not afraid of heights. But being in this little metal thermos, however high up in the air, you're just looking at that wing thinking, it's going to break off. It's going to break off, and we're all going to die, you know? And you know that's not really going to happen. And you know that statistically it's safer than driving and stuff, but it just, it just doesn't help. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.